Hello, and welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeisler. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. Hi, I'm Corey Davis. I'm with Verizon, and I lead our public safety operations team and our Verizon response team. And Corey is not only a repeat guest, but he is in a much different location than the last time we spoke with him. Uh, Corey, where are you right about now? Yeah, right now, Phil, I am at the Verizon Frontline Network Command Center in Los Angeles, California. Okay, so that means that you are somewhere outside uh, the site of Super Bowl uh, 56. You are uh, on site for what exact reason? Now, I know Verizon has has decked out the stadium, SoFi Stadium, with uh, 5G, uh, Wi-Fi, but mostly 5G and, uh, everywhere. Um, what... How does that relate to your role on the on the outside in the command center? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the command center. So the command center is staffed by technicians, engineers. Uh, we're monitoring the network 24-7. So everywhere that the Verizon network touches throughout Los Angeles, including in and around SoFi Stadium and the Super Bowl, we're monitoring that to ensure that you know our customers have the best experience possible and that we're able to keep our network up and running um, as much as possible at 100%. And, and you can probably hear this. It sounds, it sounds like we're doing doing good. So like that's a good sign. Everybody was very happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, uh, yeah, no, that, 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 that obviously proof that you're, uh, if, if you, if you aren't uh, watching this, so this is available on video and audio, if you're just hearing the audio portion. So Corey's in the command center, obviously people are working around him. So, uh, forgive us for the background noise, but it's kind of necessary because, you know, it's, it's, it's not a giant space and there, as you can hear, there's a lot of activity going on. Everybody's getting ready for the big game. Um, we're recording this just full disclosure. We're recording this on February 9th. So we are on, uh, is that a Wednesday? Yeah, it is Wednesday. Sorry, COVID. I, I've lost my, my sense of time. Yeah. And so this, you know, they're, they've been, you know, prepping for, uh, the big game for, you know, a number of days and, and weeks. So, um, but you also, uh, and, and this is why we're also having you on, uh, you, you made good on your offer to give us a slight tour of what was what's going on around you. Okay, so uh, Corey sent us some video clips of what he sees at his end from the command center, and we're also looking at the Thor vehicle. And I do want to get into, you know, the, the a why it exists and what it does and all that sort of thing. But in the command center itself, um, you know, one of the things you, that that folks will see is it looks. There's monitors everywhere, people stacked on top of people. What are all the, uh, or what are some of the things that are actually being looked at while you're uh, there in the command center? Obviously, you're looking at network performance, like you mentioned, but what what else might the average person not even know is going on there? Yeah, so so we look, when we think of the camp command center, we think of it three primary functions here, Phil. So we like to equate it similar to um, a football team. Mm-hmm. So we have an offensive team. And that offensive team is, is our systems performance team. Like you, we were talking about, they're, man, they're making sure that the, the performance of our network is, is running well, it's stable, uh, monitoring overall uh, customer experience throughout. And if there's any issues that arise, they open up a, a trouble ticket, and then they'll hand that off to our defensive team. Okay. Our defensive team is our operations network assurance team, and then they're responsible for operating and maintaining the overall network. And then we also have a special teams uh, team. Uh, they are, uh, they're responsible for all of the backhaul monitoring, our vendors, our tower crews, our transport, um, our switch centers. 
Um, so as you can imagine, there's, there's a lot of folks in here. There's a lot happening. Yeah. Um, but but we, we, but we look at it just like a football team. So we have an offense, a defense, and a special teams. And then the goal is really, like we talked about before, is to ensure to keep our network at 100% to the best of our ability and to be able to respond very quickly if anything happens. Excellent. And can you talk a little bit about what it took to set up um, the command center and and also what it takes for Verizon Frontline to prepare for um, such a big event like the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. So, so, Are there so a lot of sleepless nights? <laughs> so, so sleepless years, Kelsey. So, oh, yeah. so, so when Verizon starts thinking about the Super Bowl, we literally start thinking about two years in advance. So we've been thinking about this Super Bowl um, since about two years ago. Um, so years of planning, lots of dry runs, lots of drills. Uh, this team has been 24-7 here for about a week, uh, going through scenarios, going through tabletop exercises, you know, all the what ifs. If this happens, you know, what do we do? That way that if something does happen, if there is an emergency, we're able to deploy uh, mobile assets or deploy, uh, deploy uh, uh, our Verizon response team. Um, as quickly as possible. So, um, you know, lots of lots of folks here, lots of personnel at the command center just monitoring the performance to ensure that our customers and our public safety customers have the best possible experience. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, it's a two-year investment in this. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, what some of the um, connectivity challenges perhaps that you had to overcome to um, get prepared and um, just give us a little bit of an idea of, of what that investment really looked like um, to get ready for this. Yeah. So, so Kelsey, in, in 2019, Verizon, uh, we, we deployed our, our ultra-wide band 5G coverage in about 13 NFL stadiums. Um, since then, we've increased to over 25 stadiums across the country and more than 60 sports and entertainment venues across the country. Um, for SoFi Stadium specifically, so think SoFi Stadium, the campus, um, the Hollywood Park area, uh, Verizon's invested $119 million in network enhancements. So part of those investments include um, 169 uh, new small cells, four new macro cell sites. So those are the the large tower sites that you see, Mm -hmm. and then 24 in-building sites. Um, And then throughout the Hollywood Park and the SoFi Stadium, but they're happy about those investments again. Um, Very celebratory. Yeah. So, it is so in a we, typical journalism office. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Lot, lot, lots, of good, lots of good energy here today. Good. Uh, a lot so, more optimistic. So, yeah. So around Hollywood Park and the SoFi Stadium itself, uh, we've, we've uh, deployed and installed um, 472 new 5G nodes. So that's inside the stadium, outside the stadium. Um, and the fans attending, if they look underneath the seat, they might even see some of those 5G nodes underneath their seat. Oh, interesting. That's a lot. That's, um, I don't know, a lot better than when you're on the airplane and, and you look under the seat and you're like, where's the flotation? <laughs> I can never find it. Right. Um, but that's... You can grip on that to 5G well, radio. Yeah. And, and what's even what's even more awesome about it, uh, guys, is, is we leave it here. 
So it's not like, uh, you know, I talked about, you know, we start thinking about the Super Bowl two years in advance. So we're already planning for the Super Bowl in Phoenix next year. We're already thinking about the Las Vegas uh, Super Bowl that's going to be in two years. Right. But we leave all of these capital investments here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the city of Los Angeles, knowing it's a world city, they're going to be able to take advantage of this technology for years to come. Uh, we got the World Cup coming. We have the Olympics coming. Uh, so they're going to they're going to be set up for success for, for, for the near future here. Yeah, that's excellent. And it's a, it's a, um, uh, you know, the, what they were saying earlier was that it was the, uh, you know, the most, the most connected stadium on earth. Like this is the biggest 5g investment that, that any company's made in a single, um, single stadium. So, uh, obviously that'll, that'll, like you said, that'll pay off for years to come, but also, I mean, you know, one of the things we've noticed as we've looked at, uh, you know, if you look at, uh, I think Paul Kapuska's stadium tech report and some of the people that track, um, you know, in stadium use and public venue use every single year, the Super Bowl shatters every data record previously and, and never by a small amount, always by like some gigantic, you know, number of terabytes. And so, um, so I, I can only imagine this is going to be, uh, you know, the same and that, that, uh, that, that they are doing well to prepare for it. <laughs> yeah. And it's always neat to see too, the, um, you know, the halftime shows seem to get more interactive and yeah. there's more, uh, audience involvement. And I imagine that puts a lot of strain on the network as well. Sure. Absolutely. Well, what's really cool too, from a fan experience perspective, um, we're able to set up uh, multiple, uh, viewing. So if you have the, the app on your phone, you can actually see in real time while the game's going on, multiple screens, multiple shots, multiple camera angles. So it's really going to be a fan experience like, like never seen before. And, and to your point, there's a huge appetite for video. There's a huge appetite to upload that experience, right, to Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, whatever social media that they're using. So there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of data getting pushed uh, throughout this week for sure. Excellent. Um, all right, let's talk quickly about, uh, you know, because I want to get you back to work before, uh, before give, give them more reasons to cheer. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, let's talk about the Thor vehicle. So that's the Tactical Humanitarian Operations Response. Did I get that right? Is that? Yep. Is it? Okay. Yep, you got it. Um, so yep. this is, if, if you're listening to this audio uh, on the audio feed and you're not watching this, if you're watching this, we'll give you a quick uh, a preview of what Thor looks like. But the Thor vehicle is a, uh, just picture a giant red Ford uh, F650 uh, that's been modified. It's, it's a six seat cab and then a three seat uh, rear part that's kind of like a mini command center. Um, what was really interesting in the uh, video clips you were you were uh, sharing with us is the the little command center in the back. It was that was kind of interesting too because it's sort of like um, mirrors very much what you're sitting in right now. You know, uh, uh, gla- glass seats uh, connected to everything, gauges everywhere, you know, and stuff like that. So obviously, it, it, am I correct in assuming that this is basically a mobile network on wheels? Yeah, so, so this is more than a mobile network on, on Wills Hill. So this is a one-of-a-kind, nothing like it in the world. It's a mobile, private, Verizon 5G ultra-wideband crisis and rapid response command center. So it's, we like to call it, it's a bit like a Swiss Army knife on Wills. It okay. literally, um, if, if, you, if, um, if you think uh, it could happen, it, it, can, it can make the possible happen, right? Um, so it's built to deploy our Verizon 5G uh, service. Uh, but also um, layer in other applications, advanced computing, mobile edge computing, uh, which gives uh, customers, including first responders and DOD, uh, that 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 
that that extended uh, bandwidth, the, the 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 high capacity, and then the low latency to do some of these uh, things to make sure that they go out there and complete, complete their mission. I think about that. I, I think I share my enthusiasm with everybody. The other um, thing about this is so so if if first responders are you know responding to something there on site at SoFi Stadium, obviously they can lean on you guys for you know not just connectivity but compute power and and other you know computing related computing storage related tasks quicker than you know you know because at at that point they don't have time to leave the site to, you know, to do things remotely, that sort of thing. So um, it, it, what, are there other instances, um, you know, besides sort of being on standby at a big public event where, you know, things are probably, by and large, things are probably going to be going, you know, just fine. But um, can you tell us uh, some areas where where Thor has been recently deployed, where where maybe it hasn't been going so well? Yeah, so we've we've had uh, so so recently we had a Thor deployed out at Camp Upshur, uh, back on the East Coast, uh, and they help, we were helping out the uh, DoD with uh, the influx of, of refugees that were coming in. Uh, so as you can imagine, there was you know I think there was close to about thirty thousand right. refugees um, at that uh, army base. So Thor was there to help provide uh, service and provide five G connectivity for the DOD, the military, the National Guard, everybody that was there that was helped processing those uh, refugees as they were coming into the country. Um, and there's also a drone component to yes. Thor as well, right? Yes, absolutely. So so, so Thor, uh, we have um, a, a, a drone landing pad. It also comes with a, a drone. We can also deploy an aerostat, which is like a, a balloon. And we can deploy all of those, either tethered or untethered, to create uh, further expand our network bubble, or for search and rescue missions. Right. So uh, we're able to relay that 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 drone out, and then it can in real time, you know, feed us back the information to the command center at Thor, and then that way the first responders can make uh, real time decisions on demand. Yeah, I imagine that'd be really helpful in heavily forested areas or forest fires, um, anywhere yeah. where you know ground visibility uh, is probably difficult. Nice to have that drone option. Yeah, and and that's what's great about having Thor. And you know, as Phil mentioned, built on a six hundred and fifty chassis, like we we could we could bring Thor into some very rugged terrain where we might not be able to pull some of our bigger assets like our cows, our sell on wheels, or our stack colts that are on light trucks. So it gives us a little bit more flexibility to be more agile, to get closer to where the first responders are. That's what's interesting about Thor. If you look at the size of it is um, it's interesting because it's, it's a big vehicle, but it's not as big as you would think, given all the stuff that you have to do with it and, you know, bringing a wideband network uh, with you. So that's, that, that incorporates millimeter wave, right. And also just traditional cellular connectivity and of course, Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, so it, 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 I was actually expecting it to be on something uh, quite a bit larger, like a like a uh, semi truck or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so not only Thor, so we got two masts, like you said, it deploys the five G uh, ultra wideband, but we also can deploy C band, CBRS, microwave. Um, it also has its NIM, NIMS one compliant from a radio and LMR perspective. So, if uh, multiple agencies come in from different jurisdictions, they're able to be interoperable with each other. Um, we got 12 viewing screens on Thor. So as you can imagine, from a situational awareness perspective, 
um, it's going to give a lot of uh, a lot of folks uh, that air cover to see what's going on around the around the area of the event. It has two 80 gallon gas tanks and two generators, so we're able to operate Thor for a little over 150 hours uh, without ever having to give it more uh, more gasoline or more energy to operate. Interesting. And then when you do pull up at the gas station, it probably gives everybody a heart attack, right? <laughs> yeah, well, especially here in California, right, with the gas prices. So <laughs> yeah, get a Costco membership for that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Does it have a coffee maker? <laughs> yeah. That's next. That's okay. next. Yeah. And it fits an awful Smart lot coffee. in there. Well, hey, um, thanks so much. Was there any any anything yeah. else you want to point out that you guys are uh, working on that might get the folks behind you cheering uh, before uh, before we let you go? Because I do want to let you get back to back to work. Yeah, no, I, I think just from a from a Verizon Frontline perspective in five G, you know, we're just really excited and passionate about helping transform uh, public safety, either from critical communications, enhanced situational awareness, like we talked about, you know, to virtual reality, to drones. Um, we really feel that 5G will enable life-saving uh, capabilities for those that protect the communities like Los Angeles, uh, like we're here today, long after the game is over. So uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a privilege to be here to help out our first responders and all the fans that are that are attending the game. And we're looking forward to a great week. All right. Yeah, well, hope you get to enjoy some of the game yeah. as well. Yeah, really. I hope it's, I hope so too. Hope it's yeah. not all work for you. But, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Corey, thanks so much yeah. for, uh, for uh, taking the time. I do appreciate it. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Phil. Okay. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you.